Welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Matt, Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Yeah. Matt. <laughs> Preston. What you been up to? Very little. Yeah, so uh, I've heard. <laughs> some things. Um, I've been reading The Honorable Schoolboy. I'll mm-hmm. tell you more about it when I'm done, but I'm enjoying it thoroughly so far. Good. Um, General thoughts so far? It's... Uh, he seems a little more self-conscious than he did in uh tinker taylor who smiley uh lacare oh lacare i see what you're saying yeah just with his writing he's he's having a little more fun with it uh, being a little more expansive with his uh little metaphors and witticisms turns of phrase of stuff and stuff not wait you said a little more self-conscious yeah what does self-conscious mean conscious of oneself to me, self-conscious is always, like, really, like, nervous about just, like... Mm. So, like, always, like, the, the social self-conscious kind okay. of thing. Yeah, not not in the sense of, like, awkwardness or being afraid, but just, like, he realizes that's something he... Yes. And, I mean, that's very much just his style in general. Yeah. You know, it, he's it, a virtuosic it, writer, but... I'm actually glad you pointed that out, because I noticed it a lot in Smiley's People. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just, like, I think... Have you read Lacar? Have you read like Tinker Taylor since reading it forever ago? Have you read Lacar since reading Tinker Taylor? Yeah, I read ago? Tinker Taylor a couple months ago. We talked well, about it before that. Before reading Tinker Taylor, this no, I read it when I was like fifteen, and then I read okay. it a couple weeks ago. Did you find that it took you a while to like kind of like settle into his writing style? No. Okay. Because that was my theory for me, mm. is that, like, I really started noticing it in Smiley's People, but mm-hmm. I also noticed it in Honorable Schoolboy that, like, mm-hmm. I think it just took me a while to, like, get him mm-hmm. as a writer, and then I started really kind of clicking with the witticisms and, like, the mm-hmm. little, little, just, like, he points out, like, ah, oh, he did this because he just sometimes feels like he needs to not have a double chin. Like, he says, like, something like that. Yeah. A little tossing that's kind of funny yeah. about a certain character, and I'm like, and I think I got a lot more of it in smiley's people and okay. i thought it was just because i was like starting to actually understand it but mm-hmm. it may have just been that like he was just having more fun writing at that point like yeah. he really succeeded with tinker taylor because that's his most like critically acclaimed one mm-hmm. he had his previous yeah no he came from the cold stuff, like yeah. perfect spy and stuff like that but like this one was one that like hit hard yeah and so he's like all right people like me i know now so i'm gonna i'll have some fun yeah do it again um Let's see. I have a corollary to my theory about TV shows. Um, what about your TV, your TV? So my theory is that it's hard to end a TV show. We've talked yes. about that. I sended, sended, I sended you a text. Yep, you did. We'll talk about it. Those words. Yes. And we'll talk about it. Um, it's not an absolute hard and fast rule, but it's right. a, it's a useful generalization. Um, well, no. So it's not. You're not saying it's impossible to end a show. Yeah. You're saying it's hard. So you could still say it's hard and fast rule because yeah it is difficult to end a show well mm-hmm. some do it well yeah but that's because they are good writers and have spent a yeah. lot of time crafting that ending i guess technically it's easy to end a tv show you just stop five episodes in episodes. five episodes in stop writing episodes <laughs> or write and then a meteor crashed into the earth and they all died at the end <laughs> which honestly i would watch the pants off a sitcom that just does like Four or five seasons of normal sitcom, and then a meteor strikes, and they all die. That'd be amazing. Even if it's just a subpar sitcom, just to you can see. Oh my god, that would be amazing if you had like <laughs> like it, it's intentionally subpar. Yeah, and to the point where it's like it's subpar that you know what's coming because it just hits all the classic beats. Mm-hmm. And so you get to the end of the season, and like everything's ramping up to you. You know, like 
all like this is gonna happen and then like mm-hmm. just right at the end of like the the penultimate episode is the meteor strike <laughs> and then like the last episode is everyone just in like absolute dismay of like everything that's happened that's the end <laughs> oh i was gonna do like a super artsy just like 22 minutes of floating through space looking at the wreckage oh okay that'd be a fun finale that would be just That'd all be... like the references to past things that have happened yeah like... little bits of junk float past yeah. and can put two of them in a scene together and it somehow suggests something about the themes it's got themes man well, you don't even have to do that you just put no. two random things and like you said last week what? people will find their own meaning in exactly them. exactly very good anyway <laughs> anyway uh my corollary to the theory is that the first season of the tv tv show is either the best or it's not Wow, what a provocative statement. I know. Did you know that you could save up to 15% or more on your car insurance? Did you know that when you get married, it's a guaranteed going to end in either death or divorce? And if you ever lose anything, it's the last place you look for it. I just got the Geico bit. Like, I was, I was completely undifferent. <laughs> I was on another planet with this bit. <laughs> we were somehow on a different planet, but the same ballpark. <laughs> I hate us. That oh, okay. That well, was so high quality. That's so what, what our listeners expect from what us. What makes you say this <laughs> philosophical claim that would rival that of Socrates? <laughs> it's literal i mean it's literally true either the first season the best or it's not but i think that pretty much every tv show falls into one of two camps it either comes out of the gate really confident and it's strong and it has a it has a vision about what the show's about walking dead and it it knows the story it's going to tell and it's it's already committed and it's really solid and it's really locked in so walking dead game of thrones uh daredevil Mm -hmm. um iron fist iron (laughs) <laughs> look they knew what they wanted it wasn't good but <laughs> I just, uh, i'm gonna toss that one aside because it, it works against the example but the second the second type is um shows where the first season is not the best and they kind of uh they're kind of finding their footing they're figuring out what story they want to tell and then they kind of explore and they grow from there so a lot Americans. of a lot of sitcoms will kind of go from Friends. go from that uh vibe iron fist honestly probably fits better in that the first season's a bit of a mess they haven't really nailed down the toe the second's passable uh, acceptable <laughs> yeah we can live with it uh stranger things are you saying it's the second one which one am i saying <gasps> you have to guess I personally think it's the first one. Yeah, it's the first one. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I haven't fully clicked with any season past the first one yeah. as much as I did with the first yeah. one. I thoroughly enjoyed seasons two and three. We uh, were rewatching because gotcha. season four, Four's part coming. one drops end of May, I believe. Yep. Um, so we got that to look forward to over the summer. Part two is sometime later in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is exciting and wonderful and good to look forward. So we're, we're taking the excuse to watch through Stranger Things again. We just finished season one over the weekend. Mm-hmm um yeah first season's the best uh they know what they want to do they have a very confident self-contained little story with some nice implications about a bigger world that you don't have to extend from but you totally could if you got renewed for a second season because everyone watched your show and it was the hit of the summer um but it's yeah it's just it's good stuff um so this is probably the third time I've seen the season. And at this point you do start to see some of the cracks. Mm. Um, just with some of the world building, there's a few kind of huh moments 
in there if you or if you're familiar enough with the story and you're not completely like invested in just the world being built out and the characters being extended you're, you're not immersed um like how do the mechanics of the upside down actually work so like when someone so say when joyce puts up the lights in her in her house how do those appear in the upside down it's like do they just like is there some invisible presence putting them up if, from your perspective if you're in the upside down inside that house when that's happening or do you just leave and then come back and then they're up or if a if a light is nailed to the wall and <clears throat> no one's there to hear it does it actually get nailed <laughs> to the wall <laughs> uh i don't know that was kind of my big question yeah. um but that being said it's still a phenomenal show mm. just um the first season's it's so character driven like mm. it's it's all about these kids and they're not great actors yet with the exception of Millie Bobby Brown yeah. but they're they're finding their footing and it's it's really it's satisfying to see and they they come together so beautifully yeah um i mean i don't have any any grand new insights about it to say uh except that it's it's really good and i think it is um well i wanted to theorize a little bit about why the first season is always the best or it isn't right. um and i think if it's the best uh, then the problem is you try to replicate the success in subsequent seasons. Mm. Um, and so you either do the same formula again, but not quite as well. Um, re daredevil, um, even stranger things to a point. Um, or you try to do something completely different and disrupt the formula and the results can be mixed or you run out of source material and you, or you put it in the hands of two <laughs> dimwits who don't understand the world whatsoever. Yeah. Starbucks cups on sets. <laughs> That's not their fault. It's definitely like someone who there was dozens of people on set at that moment. Someone should have caught it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to blame Amelia Clark. It I was in know. front of her. She should have seen it. Probably. <laughs> but she just couldn't cripple or couldn't couldn't kick that crippling addiction to what mochas. If literally everybody thought that it was just a rehearsal. Like it was like a, a rehearsal before actually filming, but they managed to be filming and that happened to be the best take. And they were like, oh, that works. And then the editor didn't notice. That would honestly explain a lot. <laughs> what if every single thing in seasons five through eight were all just the rehearsals? There's some pretty good stuff in seasons five through eight. Five through seven. I There's honestly some pretty don't good remember stuff in... a single thing that was good in season eight. Yeah, you're struggling now. <laughs> I remember a lot of bad things. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a tough time here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being pretty excited about bits and pieces at the time, but... And then when they happened, we couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, yeah, Stranger Things Season 1, really good. Yeah. That it? That's it. All right. Oh, my God. Let's see if I can remember any of the things that I've done. So, I finished Smiley's People. Yeah. What do you think? <sighs> second corollary it's hard to end a trilogy yes and no okay it's yeah i i feel like it's definitely the weakest mm -hmm. of the three um the premise is most interesting okay um i th think oh i guess not the whole premise but mm -hmm. it's basically like uh, so Smiley has been, oop, that's going to be a spoiler for Honorable Schoolboy. Oh, no. So the setup to Smiley's realm mm -hmm. and everything, the thing that like, cause it, it so, uh, in Honorable Schoolboy, it follows more, uh, Jeff, 
name? Westerby. Westerby. Jerry Westerby. Jerry Westerby. Uh, or Gerald Westerby. Sir Gerald Westerby. Uh, so falls Jerry Westerby. He's the main. He's doing the mm-hmm. footwork. It goes back to Smiley for Smiley's people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the premise of all of that stuff is pretty interesting. Um, and it's the. So the foreword of it. And I talked about this before. Uh, Lacare says, basically, I intended for this to be like a full like seven to nine book saga of tracking down Carla. Mm-hmm. But I felt that the character was at a point that I couldn't do anything more with him mm-hmm. in terms of like development or like like where he is in his career in life. It's like it's time right. to end it. And like I appreciated that. But I also feel that. Mm-hmm. in the thing where it's just like it's with how much they set up the threat of Carla mm-hmm. in the first two books it feels like they really just like it's like they nerfed him mm-hmm. basically um cuz like it's it's not going to be a secret like the thing with espionage is like you wait for the moment that the other person makes a mistake right and like you find the mistake and like the, the, the mistake doesn't get really revealed until the end. It kind of, he kind of does this thing where like smiley knows something you don't. Mm. Um, and, or like pieces it together. Um, and like it, I piece it together as soon as smiley did because I was like, well, and it does a great job of doing that. It doesn't line it out for you. But like, if you're paying attention to the pieces that he's been leaving you through the right, I like that unrelated character he keeps like going back to like in tinker taylor there's this like Mm -hmm. roach this is like pretty much unrelated but the point Mm -hmm. of roach is to give you uh drawing a blank on his name prido prido's whole spiel Mm -hmm. thing um and so like if you're piecing those things together you kind of like you're like oh i think i know what's going what's going on um i like it but it still feels like carla would be better than this Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um and also i will say with a massive caveat that this was another book that i picked up and put down and i tend to like uh-huh. like them less when i do that yeah um and so i need to give i'm actually what i'm gonna do uh i might actually read them all again relatively soon mm-hmm. now that i know more about like what's going on and like i can kind of see more of what he's saying mm-hmm. earlier when i know what's going on um honorable schoolboy doesn't do as much plot twist at the end okay um there there is a twist an event that happens that's somewhat unrelated to the story as a whole okay so it's kind of setting the stage for more of later sure um but this one, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, I definitely laughed more at it because okay. I kind of, well, not like that wasn't like roaring laughing and all that. It was just like, <laughs> oh, smiling, you cad. Like every like chapter or so, it was just like a <laughs> like just yeah, like Caitlin would hear me exhale through my nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's a he's a good chuckle worthy writer. Yeah, uh, it's definitely good. Like I, it's I love. The thing that I love about espionage is the tiny little insights of he does this because this. And I'm like, wow, that is really interesting how they how they like piece that together. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it really early on in Honorable Schoolboy where it's just like, oh, a bank account. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like backdraft this basically. 
yep. to find other information. It's like that's really fascinating how he pulls out how they how they do that. Yeah, and they did that a lot in this and like with this one, uh, you see a lot more of all of the pieces of the espionage world mm-hmm. working together. Okay, because um, in Smiley's people, it's him going and interviewing a lot of people. It's interview after not uh, Tinker Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's interview after interview after interview, and it's him yep. piecing it together. Yeah. Um, and you hear the allusions to all of the other, like, uh, like footmen and lamplighters and like, right. All those different people, um, in, uh, honorable schoolboy, Jerry Westerby is a pavement artist. Like mm-hmm. he's the one who is like, he knows the street and like, yeah. and you get that a lot. Like you get his experience of like watching people and knowing how to like check if you're being watered or like tailed or like how to mm-hmm. tail somebody and stuff like that. So you get a lot more of that bit. And then with this one, I think that's kind of what plays into the Smiley's people is he's got the people that are good at every one of their jobs. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes down to the last scene, it walks you through what everyone is doing at every point. And you're like, wow, this is an operation. Yeah. That's a lot of people. And it's really cool how he puts that together. I like it. Um, so I'm eager it, to read it. You should give it to me when we get back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Just, it's, I, I think I, it's just, I, I kept putting it down. I gotta, mm-hmm. I'm ADHD. I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I gotta focus in on it. Um, we'll do better with our short stories cause we'll keep each other accountable. Yes. Uh, well, it's also easier with short stories because I will intend to read the entire thing. Yeah. You in just one sit day. down and do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else did I have? I've been doing, did I have, I've been doing so. I finished The Good Place finally. Oh, at last. At last. Have you finished Good Place? I have. Okay. Brief spoilers for Good Place. We're going to spoil it. Um, Go to the bad place and cover your ears. Yeah. I I really liked the ending, mm-hmm. but it felt like they just kind of ran out of what to do. Like, yeah, they kind of like they were like, oh, shit. I, How do we make this an emotional ending? Yeah, I think I talked about this, but it really kind of felt like the back half of season four was a lot of like, okay, here are all the ideas we've had saved up. Let's throw these at the scene for a half episode each. Yeah, exactly. And then just go out on a big emotional ending. Yeah. Um, It started really strong. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was interesting. (laughs) I think what I liked the most about it is that it was like. It's a broken process that mm-hmm. needs to be improved. <laughs> right, up <laughs> right up your alley. Right up your alley. And so it's just like, this is really interesting how like they're handling it. And me- meanwhile, I'm like high and like doing math in my head. It's like, oh, you could apply like uh, a uh, a limitation to like, because like the whole thing is like mm-hmm. um, the reason people lose points is because you buy an ice cream and then it spiders out into the complex economy yeah. into where the the milk of the cow the cow creates greenhouse gases and so mm-hmm. you lose points for that like uh but you give them a limitation of only two degrees of separation so mm-hmm. if you buy an ice cream if the ice cream was created by an ethical company you still gain points mm-hmm. but if you buy just like from bluebell who puts lead in their in their ice cream <laughs> then maybe you lose uh. points but like it's your intentions of consumption like they know Mm -hmm. everything about you and everything you love why don't they like read into your intentions rather than that Mm -hmm. and like they kind of in a roundabout way approached it like that where Mm -hmm. 
it's their intentions of being a decent person. And I like the way that they ended. Yeah. It's like you give them a chance. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And like how they kind of like wrapped and it's like, all right, well, so nobody's going to end up getting tortured. But like all of these demons get a job. Right. And like, and then, um, not Janet. Um, I cannot remember her name. The demon that is like the rival of Michael. Oh yeah. What's her face? Yeah. Uh, I kind of appreciated that, like, she was like, this is, like, what I'm good at, like, and mm-hmm. so she, like, <laughs> Tahani comes out, and she's like, that was really good, and really traumatizing for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, I appreciated it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to go back and watch it all again, because the... Yeah. I love the characters so much. Yeah. It's definitely, like, one of the strongest points mm-hmm. in uh, in the show, is just, like, Cheaty is so much fun to watch. Yeah. And like, I, I, I just Cheaty and Eleanor. Yeah. I just love their dynamic. Yeah. Honestly got sick of Jason after half of the first season. Just kind of the dits like, yep. And like, but they're like, he, like they kind of use that well enough where at mm-hmm. one point in season four, he has two intelligent points in a row. Mm-hmm. And Tani's like, I'm kind of, suspicious that he's a demon like that he's, that he's like he's not he's not actually jason yeah but i mean it's it's character development yeah um Bordels. yep uh oh my god when chidi saw the time knife i rewound that scene twice because it's like it was when they gave all his memories back mm-hmm. and he's just like yeah having uh 800 lifetimes of your own thing shoved into your brain at once kind of gives you a new perspective and mm-hmm. Michael goes, you saw the time knife, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, the way he delivered that was like really, really good. Like yeah. he has such great comedic timing. Yep. Um, so that's a good place. Uh, what's, what else? I finished Shit's Creek. That's what I texted you about. Yes. Uh, I, I, texted, I texted Matt. I said, boy, it is hard to end a show. Shit's Creek is one of the best endings I've ever seen in my life. I was honestly, if I had let myself go, I would have been sobbing the entire episode. Wow. It, like, so you haven't had a chance to start watching it again. Nope. But I've said this, we've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. that it's like the first four, first half of season one, mm-hmm. you need to give it a pass. Yeah. It's only like really the first four episodes, but like you got to get yourself past the four episodes and then give yourself another Kevin a couple episodes to kind of like reset your palate basically sure sure um because david by the end of season one i would die for mm-hmm. um continues that all of that mm-hmm. uh, when like uh you get uh alexis's kind of really coming to terms or like mm-hmm. starting to like kind of grow a lot like mm-hmm. more like late season two season three um season moira Honestly, I feel like doesn't really get her solid character moments until like season six. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more because she's so self-centered mm-hmm. that the only way for her real heart to come out is to be called out on her shit. Uh. And you need everyone around her to fully grow and become mature people to begin doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes sense that like that sort of happens later on mm-hmm. and like her stuff. It's I, it's such a good show. Mm-hmm. Like 
and it's so emotional and it it is so it doesn't insist to kind of quote family guy a little bit it doesn't insist upon itself so one of the things is okay. so um have you ever seen the uh the the wine analogy no it, so it was in season one and it's been kind of used around that like uh it's when david kind of reveals that he's pretty much pansexual okay um and so he was like with stevie like they kind of had like a thing for a little bit mm-hmm. and then she was like are you a red wine person and he's like i am but i also like white wine i like wine not the label like and again like that is okay. just such a really great way of putting it mm-hmm. and so like he's uh like pansexual for the duration of the show and do you know really what happens not even slightly oh boy okay uh there is a gay relationship in it okay with dan uh, or with um david um and it's the first time and this is something that the, uh, i watched the the kind of the making of season six thing where mm-hmm. they, they really cover this it's it never really addresses homophobia, mm-hmm. which you'd think is not great. But given that Dan uh, Levy, the guy who plays David, is actually gay, mm-hmm. like it was intentional, and so many people loved it so much because it was just like, mm-hmm. look at just being a normal person. Yeah. I have no particular stake in this fight. Neither like, do I. Uh, <laughs> wrong person to talk about this, but it's nice to be at a place where being gay isn't like a plot point in its own right, or doesn't have to be a plot point in yes. its own right, where it can just be a normal relationship exactly. on screen. Yeah. Um, but for a similar but slightly different example, John David Washington and Tenet. He's not the black protagonist. They make they. It's they not never, interesting yeah. that he's, he's just black. He's just the protagonist. Yeah. He's the best guy for the job, but he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the making of season six, uh, there was a um, a Facebook group of moms of gay people mm-hmm. who wrote him a letter that was like this incredibly emotional thing of like, thank you so much. Like it, it gave our kids like confidence and Mm -hmm. like a feeling of just like that like like the thing that like um gage referred to when we were talking like when black panther came out yeah walked out of the theater and he saw this little black kid who was like looking up at the poster and was just and like i think he was dressed up in it it was like that is like such a powerful moment yeah and like i'm getting choked up by this i am all of the privilege (laughs) i am literally i like there was like a checklist i'm straight Mm -hmm. uh, like i'm heterosexual white middle class cisgender like i'm all of the things yep and like i just love to see that happening Mm -hmm. and like when watching the show like back to the show watching the show i was like this is i love watching this so Mm -hmm. much like it's kind of like watching wonder woman where it's like it doesn't feel like i'm being lectured at yeah um oh i said a thing i said a thing when i was at D &D. uh it was oh no I need Brendan to remind me what it was. He loved it so much. He told me we need to put it on a shirt. It was like, um, something not luxury. Like it, I, just the, whatever I said kind of nailed exactly what I'm talking about where it's like, mm-hmm. 
Like with Captain Marvel, it feels like you're being lectured at. Yeah. But like with Wonder Woman, it's not. And same thing with this one. It's like, it's not. It's like, that's just a character. Yeah. And it's just a relationship. I love it. Yeah. Uh, man, I've really relaxed on the F-bombs. You know, once we start actually like trying to gain more followers, then maybe I'll pull it back again. But mm-hmm. I don't care. Shit's Creek. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. Good. Um, What else? Queen's Gambit. This one I'm excited to hear your thoughts on. I love that I don't need to understand chess. Yeah. Oh my god. I, honest, like, I knew that it wouldn't be a problem because so many people love it. And right. like, I was like, hey, it, surely it can't. Like, right. Surely all of those people don't. <laughs> no, they're all experiencing chess. media wrong. <laughs> um, it, it does such a great job of explaining to you the things about chess that you need to know. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely learned yeah. about chess. Yeah. But, like, I wasn't in a chess class. And, Mm -hmm. like, just, she, Anya Taylor-Joy is (laughs) phenomenal. She's really good. Uh, The, again, another another show where if I had let myself go, I would have had tears on my face the whole last episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I... God, the cinematography is fantastic. Just the the way that they sh- they show don't tell. Yeah, in so many ways. Yep. Um, there was one the one scene where it's like the young the kid Russian, mm-hmm. where she kind of like realized, and I, it made me immediately think of you with messing with the guy that was the <laughs> like OCD. Uh, where like she was just like, oh, this kid is probably used to people sitting and like focusing really hard Mm -hmm. if i can get into his head by feeling relaxed about it Mm -hmm. and so she just gets up and walks around the room and you can see him just like what's going on (laughs) like and like it throws him way off his game Mm -hmm. and it just like the thing that i thought at the end was i knew she was gonna win Mm -hmm. didn't make it any less satisfying nope the way that they play it out and like and then have like the the um the recess what's it called when you have to like adjournment the the adjournment like that added to it Mm -hmm. the having everyone call in and like it's such a beautiful payoff of just all the character threads and the plot that's it's great it's it's such a great way of like like there were like in season, there were like in episode four mm-hmm. or how many episodes? Is it? Like maybe episode six, mm-hmm. where like you know like the main thing is beating Borov, Borov, Borgov. Like everyone knows, everyone, every viewer knows that that's the big, that's the that's the big bad boss. Yep. Everyone knows it, she's gonna win. That's not the point. No. Of the ending, and they do that so well, and like, and the thing, like, they trick you into thinking that's the point. Hmm. Like, so, like, you're going into it, you're like, I know she's going to win. I feel like this is going to be incredibly unsatisfying. And then, like, the entire last episode, they're like, nah, this is, this, these are the points. The real Borgov is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> the friends we made along the way and also <laughs> kicking your massive drug addiction. <laughs> like, just the, I think I made a noise mm-hmm. when she started watching the board on the ceiling mm-hmm. during the and you you know what's gonna happen and, like, and i was just like ah <laughs> <laughs> like, that was roughly the noise that i made yeah um I, and i like 
I cheered at the show. I don't mm-hmm. often cheer at the show. And just, I, wow. Yeah. I'm so glad I watched it. <laughs> I'm so glad you did too. <laughs> I told Kaylin, uh, I've been watching all these shows. She can't, uh, she'll go out and hang out with her friends every Friday. Yeah. And like, uh, she, she came home and I was like, you need to go hang out with your friends more. Cause I'm just trucking tr- through all the shows that I'm wanting to watch. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just fantastic show. Yep. Um, I think the thing with that is it's, it's a nine out of 10 for me mm-hmm. because it's fantastic all around, but I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like it was like the 10. Yeah. There's no clinching thing. for Yeah. You. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's a strong nine. Yeah. But it's just like, it's the, the, the line between a strong line and strong nine and a 10 is like unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. Thick. Yeah. Um, that's that. What else have I done? I've been doing things. Were you going to talk about Suicide Squad at all? I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, so I started kind of re- re- uh, recently re-reading the John Osterander run of mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. That's from 1987. Isn't he the guy that became the Dr. Manhattan? Wow, that is a really close name. What was yeah. his actual last name? John Osterman. Osterman. I think. Huh. Yeah. Um... So the John Osterander run of Suicide Squad is the run that James Gunn, it's really weak to say based his movie on. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to say when you're doing a comic book movie. Well, I was saying like, it is so strongly inspired by this Mm -hmm. that like, when like, I mean. Is it the same plot in any sense? No, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, Uh, different plot, but like. Inspired by is a good term, then. The vibe, like, it is strongly inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more so with Peacemaker, too, because one of the characters that's just a side character that's, like, a suit-wearing guy, not mm-hmm. even a superhero, is in the show. Like, okay. it's one of the main characters. Nice. Um, but it's, boy, comics are weird. You're telling Com- me. Comics in the 80s are weird. <laughs> comics yep. always are weird. Yep. Um, it's such, like... Um, it's so weird to go from Lacare to the fast-paced 1987 Suicide Squad. Like that's gotta really be a real weird. shift there. Yep, <laughs> it stripped my gears pretty hard. Um, but no, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm only halfway through the book that I've already read. I just want to reread it again because mm-hmm. I got the first four volumes of the eight volume run bef- to read before Suicide Squad. Uh, but I only read the first one. Mm. And so I've had the other three volumes just unread sitting on my shelf. And yeah. I, like, I need, I need to read those. Um, and also hopefully the last four volumes have gone down in price. Cause it was, what happened is like, they were like oh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should buy the run, the main run of Suicide Squad, which happened to be John Osterander. And I got the first four. And then James Gunn went on Jimmy Fallon and <laughs> said the John Osterander run. Yeah. And then like a couple days later, I went back to Amazon and the prices had tripled. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. dang it. <laughs> I waited too long to try to get uh, Warren Ellis Moon Knight run before oh, the show no. came out. So it's like $50 a volume right now. Oh. I'm like, nah, I'll just, I'll wait. That's fine. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, yeah. Moon Knight. Noon might. The third episode's out by now, but we recorded this yep. last week, so I haven't seen it yet. Yep. And Hopefully I haven't seen this... any of it as of recording. Right. Hopefully this doesn't completely change everything 
yep. in the third episode. Best Marvel show by far. Okay. Like, blows Falcon and Winter Soldier out of the water. F- blows Loki out of the water, okay. honestly. Um, I don't know for certain if it blows Loki out of the water in interesting story and like how they're doing stuff right we still got some ground to cover but it's really hard to beat him sure but also it's oscar isaac (laughs) who's also hard to beat Uh, yeah uh it's he's absolutely fantastic okay so the thing that makes me say that this is the best one Mm -hmm. is because it genuinely feels like it's the best written best filmed best acted best edited best Mm -hmm. composed like everything feels genuinely like like a movie okay it's just broken into tiny little bits yeah like it's it's scary at some points Mm -hmm. because i can't i don't know what do you know about moon knight so far have you you've read a little bit right i've read nothing oh i have never seen it i i I know a little bit of i know a little bit of backstory stuff like he's either a crazy person or he's imbued with powers by the egyptian god khonshu um okay so i i can work with that uh so it's so, uh, actually, I'll start with the comics version of them. Um, there is Mark Specter, who was a Marine or Spec Ops person or some military guy mm-hmm. who's super skilled at fighting. And he's sure. the one who's in the cape and the thing, and he, like, goes and kills people. Mm-hmm. Then there's another guy, don't know his name, uh, who is a taxi driver, and his role is he like he like picks up information and stuff uh-huh. and then there's like another version oh uh, and then the other version is like a millionaire and he kind of funds uh, okay it. and so there's kind of like this trifecta of like they all work together mm-hmm. to kind of like run the whole operation and so for this so mark specter is the main identity so uh, right. again uh i feel like i missed this part uh, he has dissociative identity disorder which is he has multiple personalities that like come to the front Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like know in the split accur- accurately portrayed on screen per M. Night Shyamalan I'm not going to say anything about that I feel like I wouldn't get into bad trouble if I say anything more than that uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's intentional if he can automatically switch between the two um, but the show starts with Steven who is a unassuming awkward kind of just Guy who works at an Egyptian museum gift shop. So Kristen Wiig's character at the start of Wonder Woman 84. A little bit. But also better. Okay. Because it's Oscar Isaac and in a better... Like, 84's right. issues. Yeah. Um, and it's not Mark Spector. Who is the main identity. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that going into it, you're like, interesting. Like, what are they going to do? And literally, like, they don't introduce the main character for so long, but they give you the flip side. Because something with DID is that Uh you don't remember what happens when another personality is taken in the front. And so you don't get Moon Knight for, like, the entire first episode. What happens Uh, is he's, like, like in some shenanigans where, like, some action fight sequence, uh and, like, he can hear, like, there's, like, voices in his head, and it's, like, we're taking over, and then he goes, and then it's, like, people are dead around him, (laughs) and it's just, and, like, they do that, and it feels like after the first or second one, it would be, like, overdone, but they do it in so many different interesting ways that it feels funny and satisfying every single time. Okay. 
Um, and they do it, and, like, and there's like a car chase scene where they do it like four times. <laughs> and it's great every single time. Uh, okay. I almost gave an example, but I want you to experience I them. do want to experience them. Um, the second episode gets a lot darker. Good. Uh, like it gets more into it. Like he's learning about like what's going on. Right. Like you start getting, you get Khonshu, which Khonshu is terrifying. Uh, there are a couple of clips in the trailer and I, yeah. <laughs> It is horrifying. I was watching it. Honestly, I'm a little annoyed that Caitlin was on her phone during a sequence in like a uh, um, storage center, mm-hmm. like a storage unit place where it's just long hallways mm-hmm. with dangling lights mm-hmm. and just like Kanshu and he's like sprinting and it's just like this like horrifying scene. And she was kind of on her phone and I was like on the edge of my seat going, oh God, oh God, oh God. Um, she was translating Guten Tag to Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I genuinely love this show because it's coming right off the back of Hawkeye, which I was thoroughly disappointed by. Mm-hmm. Also, that I love Egyptian, like ancient Egyptian culture and right. like history and stuff like that. So like that plays into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's I'm, I've never been so much more excited for the next episode. And we've only had two episodes. I like, like it. I cannot wait for the next one to come out. Um, the only issue I have, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this vaguely, okay, so that people who have seen it know what I'm talking about, but you don't, is it's really rehashing a villain theme from a Marvel movie. Like, okay. Like a villain, like, uh, um, their reasoning for doing everything. Mm. It's like the exact same from like another movie okay and so i'm like i hope they do something different so far what we know is like this is just torn straight from another movie okay and so i'm like i okay are we gonna play with the same themes here are we gonna say the same message Mm -hmm. are we gonna do like a little bit something different because like it's a little bit darker so you may be able to like kind of the protagonist understands a little bit more and maybe have more of an internal thing or are we gonna go uh-huh. straight up like that that's what's happening okay so um one thing i didn't know until earlier today is that di- the director mm-hmm. you know anything about the director no no one does this is his first what well, full like uh mainstream directorial debut oh first debut that's redundant. Uh, basically, what happened is he found out that they were wanting to do a Moon Knight series, and mm-hmm. he sent them a 250-page outline of oh. what he intended to do with a Moon Knight show, and they loved it so much they hired him. I'm pretty sure he is Egyptian. Okay. So. I'm going to go start drafting my dream Daredevil <laughs> fanfic. <laughs> I'm going to start drafting my dream Batman. My, I'm going to start drafting Synchrony. Yeah. Oh, dude. If I got synchrony to happen, I'm going to leave it right there because if it ended up happening and people were like, ah, I'm going to steal it and send it to them. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. You don't know what synchrony is. I do. Oh, you know what it is. Sorry, I was talking Mm -hmm. to the people who were listening. I've already stolen it and sent it to them. They said it was crap and they sent it back. And I said, sorry, it was my friend. He he hijacked my email address. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it was a prank. April Fool's. Uh, no, it is fantastic. I can't wait for the next one. Um, but how do you feel about the Armenian genocide? What? Apparently it's getting review bobbed because there's some reference to the Armenian genocide. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. 
I want to know what the reference is. So I'm gonna... <laughs> Let's see. Just derailing that train of thought. What some might not realize is that the modern Turkish government officially considers the genocide to simply have been a mass deportation. So it's being review bombed by the people that did it. Yeah. You could have said that. Oh, I thought you knew about the Armenian genocide. No. Okay. Okay. That, oh, I feel so much better now. I was panicking for a second. <laughs> Literally, it's like neo-Nazis saying, hey, don't be mean to the Nazis. <laughs> it's, wow, how dare you call us out on literally genocide? So, yeah. Okay, I feel better about that. I was I panicked. We're good. Okay. Uh, We're so good. I need to induce a little panic in you every now and then. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> uh... I think that's pretty much everything. Okay. I did a lot. Yeah, that's I'm good. I'm going to continue doing a lot. I will probably continue not doing as much. But... Well, hopefully you're going to start reading short stories. Yes, I do. Well, are we going to start that tomorrow? Start tomorrow. Okay. Day right. one of reading a short story every day. Cool. I've got three collections I'm going to cycle between. Um, okay. In the middle of a, a collection called Stream System by Gerald Murnane. Uh, Nobel Prize winning author out of Australia. He's a really interesting dude. Okay. Uh, he's never been out of the country and he tends bar at a town of about 300 now. I feel like you told me that before. I have told you about this guy before. He's interesting. Um, a collection of Philip K. Dick short stories. Oh, can... Dick. I love Dick. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> we can remember it for you wholesale, um, which I believe is the story that Total Recall is based on. Weird. Okay. Um, and I want to find one of the short stories that one of the Love, Death, and Robots is based on, mm. and read it. That'd be good. I need to. I need to keep watching this. You haven't finished it. I haven't watched more since Brendan's Bachelor Party. Oh, dude! Watch season one, and then I'll give you a few of season two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then a collection called Vermin by someone named named Lori Hanel, who I hadn't heard of, but um. Usually when I go to a small independent bookstore, I try to find something that's like in the local interest section or something. Um, and this was at the bookstore that we stopped at in downtown Billings when we were there. Oh, yeah. So I got that yep. one there. And so I'm going to cycle between those three collections right. and that'll get me a good mix. It's like 57 stories in there and I can mix in a couple other I'm ones. I'm making an agreement with you. Okay. You can trade in one of your short stories for a Love, Death, and Robots episode. Okay. If you don't have the time and you can like just crank one of those out, yep. do it. Okay. Because I also, I take back what I said about a few episodes of season two, because I want to hear your opinions on the other sure. ones, too. So, okay. I'll give you that little pass. Fair. All right. And you've just got some general collection that has a whole bunch of stuff yeah, in it. Yeah, it's like Oxford collection of American short stories. Yeah, so that's uh, for people who are, have not pieced this together. Matt and I are going to undergo a challenge of wanting to, me wanting to read more, and also just trying to get words down on a paper mm -hmm. for anything yep you have to uh, write someone someone wise i don't know who once said you have to write a million bad words before you start writing good ones yep uh i think it's stories no. write a million, million bad stories no it's it's words because oh, it's like it? it's an actual like rough word count of how many words you actually have to write okay good to know uh we are undergoing a personal challenge with each other to for feels like an weeks. oxymoron personal with each other yeah uh let's say two weeks okay so seven or 14 days mm -hmm. read a short story every one short story every day mm -hmm. for two weeks and then let's say one month okay so four weeks of writing a short story every week okay and 
We it started as like one a day, but that's going to be ridiculous. That's real ambitious. They'd have to be either really short stories, or we yeah. just have to quit our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so uh, you'll probably write better stories than me. What I'll probably do is just choose a day. Mm-hmm. I think Tuesdays are my day that I don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go to like a coffee shop or a brewery and just mm-hmm. give myself four hours to just write. Just yeah. Start throwing words down. It's going to be absolute horseshit, but yeah. I just want to. This is how you learn. What I, I'm going to do is uh, I'll take a prompt. Mm-hmm. I found one, the only, I've, I've only looked and chosen, seen one where it's, it gives you the first sentence or the first mm-hmm. half of a sentence. And then a, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll leave, maybe I'll give it to you to Ooh. give me two pieces of a story. It can be anything that's like a story, mm-hmm. like a theme, a character, an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything like that that i have to then fit all of that into something okay because that it makes it so much easier for me to just start writing something that i don't have an idea of if i have pieces that i need to connect yeah that's a that's a true thing it helps structure your thinking a lot yeah so i'm gonna do that very start good tomorrow and, and then we'll only like really talk about like a couple and yeah, the really highlights of the short yeah. stories. Maybe we can post our our efforts in like a blog or something on uh, just us lo- or uh, rmproductions.net or something. Just like, hey, look at these crap stories. That could be interesting. I'll talk to Andy and see yeah. where. He, not, I'll talk to our creative director and see yeah. where he would think not would not do it as published works, but as right. kind of more of like a, a blog style thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. All right. All right. Shouts me. We shouts. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Let's get this episode out on time. Yeah. This one will, because we recorded a week ago. Ah. A week ago. Yep. Unless Gage is really slacking. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod. Instagram, at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, start with TikTok. Do check us out on TikTok. Uh, check us out there, at Just Us Losers Pod, where we tick the talks. I don't think I've used that one yet, but I will never stop now. Um remproductions.net is our mothership website um there's a lot of cool stuff there most of it is not us because we're not cool and stuff uh we have a gmail just us losers pod at gmail.com uh where i don't know join us in this short story challenge and send us uh send us your own efforts we're we're eager to, and we'll read them live on air and critique them it'll be fun it'll be a good time for everybody except you you'll have a bad time it'll be kind of bad <laughs> uh let's see look forward to next week when we're talking about news and uh let's see two weeks from now we won't have seen dr multiverse yet um so i don't know if we'll have anything maybe we'll have a thor trailer by then probably not who knows we'll find out something i'm just starting to ramble at this point because it's late uh thanks for listening bye 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 bye